0: struggle
1: is fine. Hi, Mary-Kate. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Never been better in my entire life. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's impressive. Thank you. Well, how was your week? Pretty good. I just ordered some CBD oil for myself and some dog CBD oil for my dog, and we both took some before this episode, so I think that it's going to be a pretty chill time. I'm looking at Quake, your dog, right now. (laughs) She's pretty chill. (laughs) Yeah, she's not actively shaking like she normally does. So that's good. She's so cute. (laughs) She is cute. I was worried about if it was okay or not to give dogs CBD oil because I've been seeing them more and more at pet stores but even the dog trainer was like try CBD it really helps she said that her dog can't handle seeing anything with wheels so their walks were really stressful and then she found it and it's been better and then she was like and if that doesn't work you can go to a vet and try more intense psychiatric medication
2: oh wow well Quake seems like she's doing just fine yes (laughs) (laughs) my week was Oh, uh, why? <laughs> Nothing really happened. It was going through life. I feel like last week when we talked, my life was really stressful because mm-hmm. I like hurt my back. And there was just a lot of things going on. Yeah, this- you
1: were sitting with a heating pad, I remember. Yeah, chasing wine with over-the-counter painkillers. And um- and now I'm the one with the over-the-counter painkillers. Oh, really? What did you do? Oh, no, I was oh, talking about the CBD.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I always think of that as like something herbal herbal is that the word? yeah it's
0: it's herbal yeah, yeah it's herbal,
1: herbal,
2: <laughs> like it's like more natural than putting toxins that make you feel numb and no too. I agree <laughs> I
1: think I just have still internalized hemp shame even though I also do just smoke regular weed regularly you wow, know because yeah. did you like grow up with like oh marijuana or weed is so bad
2: yeah but like I my mind changes its mind all the time it's yeah so I just do what everyone is doing. <laughs> like, uh... so this podcast, Laura Murley and I, and we are two historically spread thin thin comedians trying to like figure out our creative goals. And we did this to interview other creative artists and see how they work their life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And how to keep each other productive.
1: Yeah. And in the spirit of keeping each other productive, we like to start by just saying what we intended to do this week versus the reality of what we did this week. And I would say that I struggled with actually setting my intentions this week because every time I thought about setting my intentions, I got overwhelmed by how many things could be on the list. And Mm. I will say that I've gotten really, really overwhelmed by the creeping ghost of tax season. Uh, I'm really scared of doing my taxes. And this is the year where I have the most freelance income, too. So I'm really scared that I'm going to do it wrong and I'm going to get a crazy penalty. Yeah, the IRS is nothing to mess with. No.
2: Going back to that like kind of like blah week, I don't really had intentions. I just kind of did things. Okay, And... I think I got things done, but Mm. I had no intention of doing anything, (laughs) and things just kind of happened. So I
1: think you might have cracked the code, just having no intention at all. I don't know. I
2: got really obsessive in the beginning of the week about stand-up and Mm. figuring out some jokes, and that everything else went to the wayside, because I just was like, if I spend enough time with this, it will come to me. And it did, and it still didn't work. (laughs) So... (laughs) it happens okay now, now we're going to introduce our guest and we're so excited that she is here she is a writer comedian stand-up she has some series in the works right now please welcome gracie cannon yeah yeah <laughs>
3: How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Thank yes. you for being here.
2: Of I said it slightly wrong. Canaan.
3: You know what? I grew up saying Canaan. I grew up saying Canaan, and then when I was about eighteen, when all of when me and my siblings left the nest, my dad was like, "It's actually Canaan, and you must go forth
1: <laughs> what? into the world." Why did he wait so long and to do the reveal? I like wish I hadn't
3: known because now I have all these people who know me from my hometown who say... Canan. Anyway, so my point is truly this is why like it does not matter. Because I don't even know how to pronounce it myself. I'm just happy to be virtually here. Great. Well, we're so thankful to have you. In your world and what you were doing this
2: week, what were some like creative goals that you had and what actually got done?
3: <laughs> this is a very tough personal week for me. So I think we can also talk about like what to do when you get kind of a wrench thrown in the spokes and how how you manage those things because those are things that do happen. As you ladies know, we tend to have like these watertight schedules and then when something happens, you're like, so I think we can also at some point maybe talk about like damage control and how you deal with that stuff. Anyway, that's just. I love that. We should have
1: a whole segment about damage control because Mm -hmm. almost every week we have some sort of damage.
3: (laughs) Especially for people like us who are freelancing, who have right. Laura 18, 1099s And like, We're always juggling things like something is just going to fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. I don't know if either of you had had the full-time job plus comedy or if you've always just been freelance – I, I have a oh. full-time job. So yeah,
2: it's, it's, uh, it's just balancing
3: act. Yeah. And when you're freelancing it, so you're like, okay, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get a perfect score, but I'm going to try to get it close. But peeling back to your original question. <laughs> so I had a recent development where I got a, like a new illustration job. So that's pretty cool because I haven't had a steady gig in a while. It's been like Zoom shows and then a freelance. So I'm also an illustrator, an artist. So this is kind of nice as like an anchor and it's a really interesting thing structurally because it's work I can do quickly I can don't tell anyone but like do things while I'm technically on the clock and it just frees up all of this space For like income that I don't have to worry about. That's that's really nice. So I've been kind of getting used to that. It's really fun. I get to draw like cats and birds and stuff. (laughs) Is that for? Can you
1: say or is it secret? Yeah, I totally can.
3: It's for um, it's editorials for a magazine. So it's daily paws is one. So I'm a huge cat lady. By huge cat lady, I mean I have one cat and she's huge. She's not in here right now, but she's 15 pounds.
0: She's
3: (laughs) she's like massive. It's corporate, but it's fun. I love that. a perfect combination. I mean, look, corporate, look, living is bad. Let's just start at the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Any way you slice it, it's going to (laughs) be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. But the corporate stuff has has its perks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the longest time, I was working corporate jobs that weren't creative at all. And there were some Mm -hmm. that I actually liked because it was just so... um, straightforward and you just kind of had to check the things off and do them and the benefits were pretty good and the pay was pretty good and then i got a couple that were soul crushing in different ways and i was just Ooh, so yeah. depressed i just needed to get out of there so yeah I, I left full-time corporate stuff at the end of october and everyone was like, thank you, thank you. But everyone was like, oh, it's so hard to set your own schedule and even harder to like hit your goals when you don't have that structure. And I was like, I know theoretically, but I'm sure it's going to be great for me. And lately I've been really, really doing bad with it. I went from full-time to freelance
3: two, two years ago. I cannot believe I lasted this long. And by lasted, I mean skid it out like I (laughs) my thing with my finances I'm like I'm going towards this huge goal of like potentially a lot of money just run and then fucking figure it out later I have a horrible plan I don't know anyone that I've met that's gone freelance and been like, yeah, I set everything up totally correctly. I watched a bunch of videos and read a bunch of articles and you know, fucking got it (laughs) killing it. Like everyone is running around like their head is on fire. So kudos to you and congrats. And I'm glad to hear that it is going well, even though it's scary. You know,
1: what's on the other side, you know, you can always go back.
3: Yeah. But I think it's important to give it a shot.
1: Yeah, I need to just get my motivation back and I feel like this talk is already helping with my motivation
3: (laughs) I've been told I'm very
1: intense you would make a good life coach
3: yeah because of the nature of this podcast I'll give you like a little bit of a context in my group of friends notorious for being a workaholic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they are the people that are like hey I'm reminding you to sleep hey I mean I've gotten a lot better now but and when I say workaholic I don't mean oh it's just I'm putting in all the hours blah 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 it's like who am I when I'm not touching my laptop Mm -hmm. like actually I don't know if you guys ever talk about that line that's a topic I can always
1: handle (laughs) 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 well taking a step back though so what's your creative origin story how did you get to this point i love
3: that because it makes me feel like it's like a sexy superhero thing (laughs) versus what it was which is like me naked making sculptures out of mud in my backyard and why were you naked great question thank you so much laura i like refuse to wear clothes for like a really long time which i feel like is not a weird thing when you meet any other creative person <laughs> like you you go if you say that shit at work they're like what why would you say
0: that <laughs> it's not <"Hey>, it a <laughs> <is Tuesday."
3: laughs> but like you say that to everyone else you're like yeah sure like and here we are in the pandemic and we're finding out spoiler alert no one likes wearing clothes uh, <laughs> but yeah apparently i didn't wear clothes for like way too long until after it was appropriate <laughs> but my parents looked at my behaviors as a young kid and they were like there's no way she's going into math and science. mm So, it's art and theater all the way. Mm
1: -hmm. So, they were like, it's okay to be a naked artist. You just can't be a naked mathematician. And that's not her journey.
3: (laughs) 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 If I had known that that sweet Venn diagram was was an option, not just clothes scientists or naked artists, I, I might have asked. I was very lucky in that my parents were and are very supportive of my choices. I think it maybe would be a different story if I was like on their couch all the time. You know, I went to school for design to art school. And then I made a career based off of that. And then I did a very slow transition from working in corporate design. And now I'm doing stand up comedy, really focusing on writing, um, TV writing, and then supplementing that with illustration and like art that I actually like. So I'm very grateful for their support. And it was just very obvious, very early on in life that like, this was going to be the thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was never a big naked person, but my parents always talk about how that I was- surprises me, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> well, well. semi-related to the naked thing though, I was always in costume and it was never the costume that went together. I sort of had an idea that you picked different pieces of different costumes and made a thing. So I, I spent a lot of days in a bride fairy angel costume. And I was (laughs) one of those bride fairy angel (laughs) costumed kids. And my parents normally (laughs) don't like artsy weird stuff. But they were like, we're tired of arguing with her. And this seems pretty harmless. So we'll just allow her to dress this way in public. And my dad always tells the story about how we had to go to Home Depot for something. And I was in Home Depot as a bride fairy something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Dad, why is that person looking at me weird? What's their problem? And he, he was just like,
0: Take
3: that energy. Yeah, and I don't there know. are
1: people <laughs> who spend years in
3: therapy just to get to where you, four year old Laura, got. <laughs> I'm going to wear a tutu. Why are you looking at me? What's your problem for not wearing a
1: tutu? No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Why would yeah. you want to wear jeans? I did go through a long phase where I couldn't handle the texture of jeans. I thought it was very. Sure restrictive feeling and uncomfortable.
3: You're not alone there. Mm. They're really not I happen to be wearing jeans But They're some like Worn in Made well mom jeans They're weathered They're soft
1: Yeah People mm. would always be like Jeans are the most comfortable thing And I know you're wearing jeans now And I I'm am. not saying yeah. That you can't wear jeans I'm just saying that I don't think they're the most Comfortable thing These are pretty stretchy though They're like mm. the H&M thing. I feel like now These They've also stretch. started Making yeah. jeans stretchier Than they used to I think it's
3: because Of the pandemic Yeah exactly <laughs> I think it's because it You know what <laughs> (laughs) I've seen two things, stretch in jeans and also built-in beer koozies. That was a joke. I don't (laughs) – I've seen built-in –
1: where are they built into the pants? I I would love it if it was like – If it was like the left thigh, you know, like a gun or something.
3: Like just ready.
1: And then somehow if you sat, it could twist so it didn't spill. I, yes, I was <laughs> just
3: thinking the exact same thing. So I was thinking if I had my beer pocket on right now, I'd be spilling all over the place. I
1: went
2: home for the holidays and I, I took some a pair of jeans from my mom mm-hmm. and from like the 70s. Those things are like so constricting. Oh my God, really?
3: Yeah. Because they're just no breathe, just all denim. Yeah, like, suck it in.
1: So, how did you go from graphic designer to writer, comedian? Did you always want to write and be funny, or was that something that was a surprising discovery to you?
3: I think I was funny and wanted to write and was very performative as a child and then middle school to high school I was very cynical and very unfunny but I was involved in theater mm. so when I was little I would like I remember being like the stage manager in our town type of like theatrical unfunny. <laughs> for those who don't know who are listening uh, Paul Newman plays that character it's an old old man who's a narrator mm. uh-huh. so that was me in high school that was my, my sexual vibe <laughs> but (laughs) But when I was in elementary school, I would like write skits. And for every talent show, it's like we would perform skits and I would do... So I think it was just something that was like naturally, okay, I want to tell little stories and make people laugh. And then also my dad was a writer and an actor. Shakespeare stage stuff. And then he made his living as a screenwriter so I don't think I was like I want to be a screenwriter and I want to do that too but I think when I started doing that he was probably like oh here's the guidance that's so it, cool. was, it was kind of built in there can I keep going am I talking too oh, much no, no you can keep okay great okay that's my vibe being on a podcast and then asking if I'm talking too much <laughs> and then when I was an adult loved stand up listened to like the same six comedians on repeat got a class and then I just like fell in love with it I don't think I wanted to admit to myself that I I wanted it. Mm. Did either of you go through that where you're like, I don't want to admit that this is a thing I want to do because what if I'm bad at it? What if I put all my eggs in this basket and then I fail I, yeah. you just have to like it's like it's like the hot person in, in the classroom yeah or at the yeah, of you have to just, yeah you have to be like I don't want you to know that I want you but like I really
1: do I still so, sometimes feel embarrassed being like I want to be still a comedian too. just mm-hmm. because having done it for so long I have gotten a certain level of positive reinforcement that I'm like okay well this mm-hmm. says that I'm not completely insane but mm-hmm. I do That's still original. remember being outside of the business and just being like it seems like there's two comedians in the whole world who are successful and then no one else is and it seems insane to be like maybe I could be the next one. But what's successful?
3: My philosophy towards it is I'm like I know I'm not super talented. Like I really I really truly know that like I'm never gonna be like the next fucking Kevin Hart whatever whatever like I'm never gonna be the next Ali Wong. Totally fine with that but how can I make it the thing I want it to be and how can I monetize it? With the you know fucking social media and like zoom shows and whatever and like people self-funding their own tapes it's like you don't have to be (laughs) amazing like we've taken away the gatekeepers so you don't have to be this mind blowing person to make your living doing that, which is like cool or sad, depending on how you're looking at it. That being said, I think you're hilarious. I think mean, if you wanted to be the next Ali Wong, you could, but like, you know what I mean? It like It, it gives you like a little bit more hope to frame it in that way. Like what is success to you?
1: No, yeah, I I think I have a similar point of view where there is also just so many more people making a living at it than I realized before I got into the industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I still don't think I could ever be like the two comedians I knew of before I got in were Jerry Seinfeld and Dave Chappelle. And I don't think I could have either of those careers. I don't think I could ever be that mainstream. But and I don't mean <laughs> that as an insult to them. It's just true. They are the right. mainstream. But I think I could eventually get enough of like a cult following to do something.
3: <laughs> well, and what what is that something? Like, can you work backwards?
1: Well, I do want to be someone who eventually releases full specials that are, well produced and I want to do a little bit of touring but I mostly just want to do a lot of local shows because I don't love traveling to be honest so here's um, yeah I want to write for tv too
3: I love the work backwards thing so Uh I'm so glad you brought up the tape because I actually just set a deadline for this I'm like I think about quitting comedy every day and then the next day I'm back on the horse because I'm focusing on writing but for comedy I'm like I've been doing this for what six seven years I want something that's like I can show this this is proof of all the things I've done. So I am deciding that in June, I'm going to film my half hour or hour, probably in Nashville or a different small town. I don't don't know know if it's going to pan out. Are you from Nashville?
1: Is that why? I'm not.
3: I'm so glad you asked. And this might not pan out. So I'll be very embarrassed if it doesn't. But whatever, I'm going to try. I really love the vibe of doing shows in smaller cities. Uh I think I personally would never film my tape here in New York because I just don't have enough of a following. Whereas if you leave as like a New York-based comedian who does this, this, and this, and you perform at one of four venues that that city has versus one of 80 that New York has, the odds are automatically in your favor. And people are generally like more appreciative and thirstier for that type of New York comedy. So, all right, you want to do this thing in June. What do you need? You need sales. That's the thing that like gives me the most anxiety. So what do you need for sales? You need people. You need a producer. You need an event book or like working back. And basically like you work back, you work back, you work back. And then you get to today, which is like, all right, I need clips for my TikTok to gain following. And for clips, I need a camera and I need shows. So you're like, great. I have two things to do today. Shoot 10 DMs asking for shows and then shop for a camera. And then like, so it's like this work backwards thing. And then every week and every day you have a new thing. And that way it doesn't seem so scary. It's not like I'm filming a, an hour at this like undecided time. It's, then it's going to be creepy. And you're like, okay, these are little building blocks.
2: I feel like that's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten, and I'm seriously
3: going to like, start Stop. doing that. You're just saying that to me because you, you feel bad for me because I'm wearing this shirt with a drunk fish on it. But it, What <laughs> does it say? I can't read it. It says, Siempre te recordamos. We'll always remember you. But I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you complimenting me. Please Don't keep
0: going. That.
2: <laughs> I think this is – Well, we kind of just – touch base on it but I think going into like our next topic what's your struggle what's like what are some of the struggles you have endured along the way trying to like build this career for yourself extensive
3: student loans Mm -hmm. and mental health Mm mm-hmm I think those are the the main two things, which is like, I could not be less unique in that regard for millennial comedians. (laughs) Um, I think I've had it pretty easy. Other than that, like I said, I have a family who supports what I'm doing. I have great friends. I have my giant cat. (laughs) yeah i would say those two things you know i didn't know that i could pursue comedy and writing because i owed two hundred thousand dollars in loans when i graduated and i was like i'm gonna have to work corporate until i die or my life's gonna be fucking ruined and i just figure it out like i i stripped for a year and paid off like 10 grand. Wow. Mm. And I just feel like when you really want something, Uh even if it's slow and even if it takes time, like once your inner brain has decided, like once your subconscious has like set that North star, everything else just follows. And then you kind of wake up and you're like, whoa, I'm so tired, but I'm here.
2: I don't know. I, it takes a lot of bravery to be able to do that, to be like our shitspa. Isn't that the right word? It's like putspa. <laughs> I like shitspa. Yeah. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but it's just like we dealt these like really shitty situations and like, Not everyone has that same reaction. They give in to like the huge mountain that they have to
3: climb. Thank you. And I would also say the same things right back to you. Because like everyone in, and this is one of the things I love about the comedy community, is like everyone comes with these crazy struggles. In my previous life, private art school and in corporate, my struggles were maybe like more on the scale and in comedy you meet people and they're like hey both my parents are dead and i'm squatting in canarsie and you're like jesus christ i'm fine Uh (laughs) is this like i feel the same way when i look at a lot of different people where i'm like how the fuck did you get here but i just feel like it's it's almost like when you know you want to do something or you know you want a certain life, you're like, well, what else am I doing? Yeah. Like what? I don't have anywhere else to be except yeah. to try to live this life. So I'll just do this weird, hard thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing it. I think you're great and you're very talented and I'm glad that you, you're like – Persevering through that.
3: <laughs> Thank you. And again, you guys are just like it's just it's a compliment city and I don't deserve it because I showered today for the first time in two days and I'm not worthy. Oh, I've gone um, way longer than two days without shower. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag. But I would also love to hear about like, you know, your guys' goals and kind of ask you the same questions. I don't really know how you usually do the formatting of this. I always feel uncomfortable when I talk about myself for too long. So (laughs) then I'm like, ah, like, tell me anything about your personal lives. Go. (laughs) And tell you
1: anything. Yeah, I I feel
2: like our viewers or listeners, not viewers, they (laughs) should know
1: because we've answered these questions. But just so you know a little bit more about us. I And the struggles always are slightly different. So I think we yeah. can give slightly different answers. Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm actually just getting back into stand-up after not doing it for a long time. I was at UCB before the pandemic on a mod team. And I also awesome. like audition and trying to be an actor. And I write stuff too. But I also have a full time day job. So it's like to pay the bills. And it's like that struggle Mm -hmm. of like balancing those two things. And luckily, now it's like mostly work from home. So that's the one thing about good thing about this pandemic.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, also the balance of your full time job with pursuing these things as we all know it gets so confusing Mm -hmm. because like you're balancing two personalities Mm -hmm. like it's almost like that horror movie split shit your corporate self and then you have your comedy self and then they just like diverge and diverge and diverge and then you're like this is fucking wacky
1: Yeah, the last like three corporate jobs that I had I was outed and I always felt such a sense of shame even though (laughs) theoretically this is something I should be proud of, like, oh, that must mean it's at least searchable, if nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, it hasn't been shadow banned by Google. Yeah, yeah, like
0: what the yeah?
1: They would always be like, oh, you. Because at work, I was always so quiet and just doing whatever I needed to do
3: to get out.
1: Yeah, just to get out. And often because I was just so stressed out during the day, like thinking about the comedy things I needed to do and often hung (laughs) over. Because of all the comedy
3: things you had to do the night before. Exactly.
1: Very tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also felt ashamed because I was never the funny office person because office humor is very different comedy humor is very edgy for the most part or absurd office humor is like coffee again Beamable. yeah Beamable. <laughs> and I just whenever I... someone would say something like that to me I'd just be like why are you saying this
3: <laughs> what what is it I'm sorry was, script cue line I'm yeah sorry, <laughs> my friend Dan who's a comic has a great line that I always say which is some of the least funny people I know are comedians <laughs> (laughs) Which is when I started doing comedy. No one was like, "Oh yeah, that seems obvious." And then all of my friends that are really funny don't need to be comedians. Does that make sense? Like they're they're like Mm. they're fine with being funny on their own. And I always think that that's kind of like fucked up comedian thing where we grew up seeing these funny people and then wanted the love and attention that they had. So they're like, "I'll be funny." But mm-hmm. planned funny Ha ha yeah, like, It's, go it's into like the world so and different
1: than social funny That it's almost the complete opposite
3: My social skills have Plummeted since I've started Doing comedy It's like <laughs> if I'm not walking into a room and someone's not mentioning their Abortion in the first 15 minutes I don't know what we talk about frankly
1: <laughs> Yeah well actually I don't think I've gotten worse because I was I started from such a low space But I think I'm bad in a Different way where I am just gender- genuinely just like confused about the reaction I'm supposed to have to things because like you said like we're used to yes. talking about whatever
3: and no one's expecting anything either
1: I don't realize for a really long time if the reaction is supposed to be shock or like sometimes I don't realize for a long time that it's like supposed to be a joke and I'm just like what are you why are you saying this like right like
3: I'm so anxious in social situations you guys are both drinking at the same time it was really yeah. cute
0: because we're but anxious <laughs> Yeah,
3: you know, you're constantly as comedians too. We're people pleasers. There's no getting around that. We're people pleasers, if not in the way where we want people to like us, in the way that we need to make sure everyone else is comfortable. Mm. We need to make sure that everyone is having a good time. And when you're around other comedians, that either it like subsides a little bit because everyone's just very real about and everyone knows. Like when I'm in a room of regular people. I'm a mess because I'm like, "Alright, should I sit next to that person? Did, did I say something weird here? Is that person like it's just this constant buzz." Yeah,
1: and also comedians talk about mental health struggles all the time to the point where if someone is like, "Oh, I'm really depressed," which I'll probably bring up later when we talk about sabotaging ourselves this week, <laughs> yes. I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, I get that." But sometimes when a regular person says it, they want you to be like, "Oh my god. <gasps> oh my
3: god. Yeah. That's the reaction it. thing you're talking and about. And I
1: don't even, uh-huh. like, realize it sometimes until later because to me it's not yeah. brave. It's just – it's, like, saying the weather outside is cold. I'm like, hungry.
3: Because
1: it's, like, such a normal thing to say. Yeah. Or they want you to, like, be surprised because, like, they want to feel like – because for them it's, like, a big thing to really It's, like,
3: you have to, like – switch between it's like you've been entrusted with this thing and then you have to remember that you're in regular society and you're not in like underground society mm-hmm. where this is a given this is like a granted
1: taken yeah. or not
3: granted but a given
1: i saw this post on reddit by a therapist and they were saying that their clients will reveal this stream trauma the therapist was saying i have to act as if this is a very mm. very intense revelation even though this is the fifth time today someone has told me that this has happened yes. to oh, wow. yeah. and, <laughs> and I do think it's valid when people are traumatized by things I'm not saying that it isn't I'm just saying like you have to you're in a different place yeah you it, have to it, like it, reorient yourself to the way that people are um, to things people are like surprised by that, or, that's
3: gonna happen any time that you are straddling to very different social spheres mm-hmm. yeah. not a lot of people are put in that that's like some Claire Danes homeland shit <laughs> where she's like I have this fake wedding ring and I'm banging a terrorist and I now I have a drinking and drug problem like not so far off from comedians uh-huh. no
1: because I mean I think, I think most <laughs> of us have drinking and drug problems and if I heard a not small amount of like, male terrorists. comedians I've met were terrorists I'd be like oh okay like,
0: that <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> yeah
3: sure damn I you you were going there and then I fucking ruined the punchline for you I, I was like I'm so excited let me get it let me get it like two dogs playing with a ball yeah.
2: I think this is a good segue for our next segment mm-hmm. what's your like saving grace when life is crazy like what wh- what do you turn to
3: people I guess. I have the most amazing group of A-team friends. I live with one of my best friends, like oldest friends from high school, and I would not be physically here without them. Mm -hmm. I could go longer, but I would also love to hear your guys' answer unless your viewership has already heard the answer.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I guess we could talk about more recently. So, uh, I'll go really
2: fast. Okay, yeah, know you go really fast. Um, well, I mean, I do have a partner, and so he is, like, my real saving grace. But I love sitting, having a glass of wine, and watching Real Housewives. Like, it is my <laughs> saving grace. Mm-hmm. It's mind-numbing. It's entertainment. I look forward to it every week.
3: mm and you know that. You, you can rely on those women yeah. and that glass of rosé. And I hope that your glass has one of those little charms around it. Yeah. <laughs> And I hope it's a middle finger, but in rhinestones. Yeah. (laughs) That's the energy.
1: On Sunday, I'm going to be trying this uh, new type of therapy that I'm really excited about. Basically, you do ketamine with a meditation. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully it goes well. (laughs) Yeah. Is this first of multiple sessions? Yeah. It's this company called Mind Bloom, not sponsored whatsoever. I was kind of nervous about it because I said in the beginning of the podcast, I have these like internalized anxiety about drugs in general yeah but mm-hmm. I had I'd been getting targeted ads at first you mm-hmm. hear the word ketamine and it sounds so intense and I know mm-hmm. it's normal in New York City and mm-hmm. especially Brooklyn to do ketamine recreationally mm-hmm. but in a therapeutic context I was like is that legit is that experimental yeah. but I looked into it it's totally legal I, have, it's... I know I know a lot of people who've done ketamine treatment yeah and I've heard yeah. really good things about it. I'm excited and Um, I'm so, I'm like nervous too. Oh yeah, I'm really excited that you're like trying a new thing.
3: Even if you're not in a place of crisis, right? You're like, let's just like, this will be another experience that tells me more about myself and my body and like I can just take it to go and have it to account into everything. So that's very cool and exciting and great to know that ketamine is now Instagram addable. It is. Isn't that wild? (laughs) Amazing.
1: So good. Oh, next segment. So what's your like big, crazy dream your ultimate goal if you could do anything what would it be i would
3: like to end up living in a house in the woods illustrating a graphic novel that's like when i'm oh, 80 wow. for that i'd like to travel a lot before that i'd also like start some kind of foundation so this is working backwards again start some kind of foundation i'm giving you like eight of my big goals should i just give you a big goal for right now Sure. Sell a TV show. Nice. So that's my big one. And then I feel like once I do that, that will be the ball rolling for it. Okay, now you can fund your taping special. You can fund, like, this short film. You can, like, you know, sell this feature easier. You can pitch that, you know, that then mm-hmm. it's, like, momentum, which obviously I just lay it out. Just sell a TV show, guys, just casually. Again,
2: I'm just in awe of your meticulous way of making things happen for yourself because that is how you make things happen for yourself is by like baby stepping it and saying like instead of like letting all of those things drown your mind like I have to get this done this is what I want
3: oh it does it still does (laughs) every day every day. day like it has just been me like hitting my head against the wall for the past like 10 years. I'm excited to be at the point where who the fuck knows, but like I'm hoping in the next year, I feel like my endurance is slowing down right as I might be able to actually start a career for myself. I don't have three more years left of like your 20s pace in me. It's like you gotta get that finger on that ledge before your arms get tired.
1: That's how I feel, too. I I finally got some momentum. And then I just hit my head into a brick wall recently. It sucks because I do think that I wasn't emotionally mature enough to do this when I was younger. So Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, I'm like, that I started late not absolutely for you like I didn't know you when you were younger I meant I'm agreeing no yeah I I wasn't (laughs) taking it personally um but then I'm always like wow I waited so long though that like my body is more tired than it (laughs) would have been if I had gotten this passion when I was younger I could have been like out all night every night and it'd be fine
3: first of all you don't have to be out every night all night here's what you do have that you didn't have when you were younger is time management and like smarts like think about all the chaotic decisions you knew you made when you were in like early mid-20s and then you also applied that to comedy so it's like we would be doing things like i'm gonna do three mics a night and i'm gonna blah 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 blah. it's like yeah we don't have the endurance to do that anymore but we. It, we don't need to do that anymore. What's better is staying inside writing and asking for spots on shows. We know that that's going to take less energy and also take us farther. So I think it's like a pretty good trade off, especially when it comes to stand up comedy, which is a physical thing that you actually have to go places for. But I think the same can be said for writing. When you're starting off writing, you're going through all of the books, you're taking the classes, you're flailing your way through it. And then the more and the more and the more you write, you're like, I can put this treatment or this beat sheet together in my head before I even like sit down and open my laptop.
1: Yeah, yeah. That kind of leads us into the segment ways we sabotaged ourselves this week. Do you have one or should I go first? I feel like you want to go first. Oh, I I <laughs> blanked, but I can make it work, actually. Okay, you go first. I just kind of let myself fall into the sads. You know how that that happens where, like, yes, it is partially just your brain and how it is, but there is also points where you're like, okay... I can either get up off the couch and make myself do something that'll be a bit of a catalyst to do something else, or I can Mm -hmm. like stay on the couch and then it's going to be even Mm -hmm. harder to get off the couch later. Mm -hmm. I made the stay on the couch decision for a lot of this week.
3: I would say that's not really like sabotage though. I think that like every like chill period, every breakdown, every whatever you have is actually necessary to get to the next place. So I've been there, and like we all know, what happens when you you are in couch mode, and then you try to make yourself get up? Nothing mm. good happens. Like nothing. <laughs> like I send emails crying all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Like and I do,
3: I do. I'm just like I'm so depressed. I'm so tired. It took me six hours to write three emails because I can't stop listening to Olivia Rodrigo and crying. <laughs> And it would be such a better use of time, actually, to, like, sit on the couch, watch a dumb movie, and then, like – So I just wanted to give you some props and maybe say it wasn't self-sabotage. Maybe say it was necessary for you to be here right now.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Do you want to go next, Gracie?
3: yeah i'll go next although i don't think i self-sabotage myself this week i like some personal stuff happened that very much distracted me so it wasn't really self-sabotage it was kind of like an external sabotage and how i handled that was really just pushing through on the things that were priority there were some emails i didn't get back to things i turned in the day late but it's like okay this is the best i performed under these like trying conditions that's Uh, great and
1: it is really good to like own when you do well too to say like i didn't sabotage myself this week like there is a point where like you could have fallen into the personal stuff and you didn't which is great and i'm also hoping that my dog didn't sabotage this (gasps) segment because she's wildly (laughs) scratching herself so hard that her like collar is jingling through this time she's fine but like she's she's just like really into this like it's She's the- just
3: excited about her jewelry, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I <laughs> so, will could say you hear it. the jingle?
3: Yeah, it was really cute though. <laughs>
1: okay.
3: Like, I think it's really cute. It sounded like Tinkerbell. Okay, but I will say this one last quick thing because I don't want it to just be like, oh, I'm this like amazing person, blah, blah, blah. I will say the way that I usually sabotage myself is by overthinking things. Mm-hmm. So, even if something's done, like it's done, or worrying about things more than I actually work on them, or making things into bigger deals and bigger projects than they actually need to be. That would be my regular sabotage.
2: I feel like that's what I was doing to myself this week with my self-sabotage. Yeah. It was like things are getting done, but like I was working myself up into like a hissy thinking mm-hmm. about like what I needed to get done during the day instead of just like being, okay,
3: we're going to do this thing, done. And then you look at it and you're like, wow, what a fun dramatic time I've made in my head. Yeah. Like, what a, <laughs> like take a bow. Like meanwhile, you're sitting in front of this computer in front of this blank page and you, for 45 minutes, have gone through this whole gymnastics. And then you're like, well, you know what I could have just done? I could have just, like, written the email. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could, have, <laughs> I could have, like, totally. Like, I had this packet that I turned in for a job I don't want to brag, but did not get. Thank you. I only had two days to do it and usually I'd be like oh my god I'm freaking out blah blah blah. but it's like if you just remove all of the drama that's happening in your head it clears the way for literally everything else
2: it does yeah I think that leads us to our last segment Mm -hmm. which is human time yeah what's something you got joy from this week that you're not trying to monetize
3: Oh, I rock climbed oh, for like the first cool. time. I want to yeah, do that, that more. That's so cool. fun. Like, oh, look at me. I'm just like a like a normal <laughs> person doing normal <laughs> things. This is cool. Like with a mustache and everything. So yeah, that's pretty neat. Rock climbing, people are so hot.
2: Yeah. Do you do it indoors? Yeah, I did it.
3: D- did. Just the once. <laughs> <laughs> just the one time.
1: It's like an indoor bouldering place. When I don't feel yeah. like I'm dying during it, I feel extremely powerful.
3: Yeah. It either works or it doesn't. You're either like, I'm just going up this wall or you're like, I can't lift myself past the second rock. You know pretty fast.
1: You know what I watched this week? I watched all of that Kristen Bell show that has a long confusing name. (laughs) (laughs) Women in the... Yeah, the
3: woman in the window across the street from the girl in the house. Did
1: you just know that off the top of your head or did you Google it? I've
3: been been watching it. I knew it off the top of my head.
1: Okay. Because I I was
3: watching. I watched like every other episode.
1: I watched the entire thing and I still don't know what it's called and I just really really enjoyed it.
3: It had a good pacing. It was like yeah. comforting.
1: It felt like the episode was over in five seconds. It's a hard blend to do comedy with actual suspense because the comedy often like undercuts the suspense but uh, in this case I genuinely was interested mm-hmm. in how all the twists were going to play out and I also was laughing really hard the whole time. Oh, that's good i've only yeah. watched
2: two episodes so i'm excited to continue
3: it continue and then let me know what you think yeah <laughs> i like watching anything with rich women and their houses
1: yeah yeah like, i love
3: <laughs> big little lies it gives me supreme comfort
1: at first i was like oh it's weird that they gave her a super nice house instead of a messy house because mm-hmm. she's supposed to be someone who has like a drinking problem." But I really enjoyed all the um, what do you call it? It's graphic design, but for houses Inter- interior
2: design. Oh yeah,
1: all the like interior design. yeah I that like made me really excited watching it. Very calming. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're ready
2: to buy your own house.
1: I want to buy a huge, (laughs) immaculately uh, designed house.
2: house. (laughs) I think for me, my human time this week was... I don't think I've gotten to my human time this week. Thanks Um, to your dinner
3: tonight, your human time?
2: Yeah, I guess. I haven't gone off to dinner to a restaurant since like November.
3: So mm. nice uh, I'm
2: going to up to Harlem to this place called the Grange, which I haven't been I used to live on the same block oh. as it several years ago and so I'm excited to like visit something of the past you know mm-hmm. and be reminded of a time when I was younger like, and- <laughs> <laughs>
3: A well, simpler time, yeah.
2: yeah. A simpler like time. time. What, like yeah. two years ago? No, I've lived in Queens for six years now. Oh, longer so, than I thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. Well. Anyway, now we're we're winding down. So before we end, are there any? plugs or like places that people can follow you if they'd like to gracie you can definitely follow me on my tiktok or instagram at save gracie canan awesome oh, nice yeah well thank save you gracie. so much for doing this
3: of course. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. You're a delight to talk to you. I'm so excited to see what you both come up with and do or don't do. Yeah. <laughs> like either way, it's a win. We tried. Exactly.
2: And that's it. Yeah. So thank you so much again.